A wise man once said that the one and only constant in life is change. Thankfully for Auburn Engineering, recent change has the college's future looking brighter than ever. So join Jeremy Henderson and Austin Phillips as we welcome a new dean to the best podcast in all of higher education. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. Oh. 1.21 You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Well, hello out there in podcast land. Congratulations for making the best decision of your uh, your day. Probably could be your week. Uh, hopefully not your month. Hopefully definitely not your... Well, actually, this could be yeah, a, It should I mean, be it your should year. Be, yeah. Because it is such a valuable product, it can bring that kind of edification that you could say this is one of the best decisions of my life. Uh, that would be tuning into the... Uh, I guess they don't tune into it, but whatever. Uh, to the best <laughs> podcast in all of higher education. I wonder if anybody's out there taping it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the best podcast in all of higher education. That'd be the award-winning hashtag getting brought to you by the best... College of Engineering uh, ever. Uh, it's official. That would be the same you'll get in College of Engineering. I work for that place's Office of Communications and Marketing as a communications and marketing specialist. Uh, joined, as always, by uh, old red and blue himself. America. Buffalo Bill. America. America. Yep. I really do like this shirt. It's a good one. It's a new uh, one. Go Bills. Big uh, game. This John, weekend. you good with that one? Oh, yeah, John's John good with all it. Bills merchandise. Yeah, John Sluice over here on Keys, but uh, we're talking about Austin Phillips, the co-host with the co-most. Uh, uh, he is the, di- the director, the director is what I meant to say, of the Office of Communications and Marketing. And uh, today we are joined by a very special guest. Austin, there's been a lot of leadership changes uh, around the world in various arenas uh, these days, uh, across the state, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dr. Eden did his best. <laughs> but uh, there's a new dean in town, Dean Hendricks. Wait, yeah, wait, no, he's just that's just his name. That's just his name. That's yeah. just his name. But it's what's funny is I always use him as an example of why in the written word when we're promoting stuff we say Mario Eden, comma Dean of Engineering, because I use an example that if Dean was the dean, it would you wouldn't write Dean Dean Hendricks. So. Are we ever going to have that issue? I wonder. We're going mean, to find out. Here, here's the thing. Well, after this podcast, who knows? Because I look exactly. This thing has made leaders out of, you remember, Chris Roberts was nothing. Nothing. And then he came on this podcast. Got on the thing. President. Sanford Hall. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Dane, you're on here. I mean, we're, we're the leader. I mean, you're already a leader. That's the thing. I mean, we got, a, you know, obviously the professor, associate professor, associate department chair, all within a CSSA. That's computer science and software engineering for the uh, that's, unwashed. And that's the big one. That's the new big one. Yeah. Did you know that? I you did. probably I, I did. Didn't. I was very aware of that. You probably, <laughs> you, you probably do now know that, yeah, uh, mechanical small potatoes now yeah. compared to, yeah, yeah. Suling who? That's all yeah. I got to say. Uh, He's never been on the podcast. Yeah, no, he hadn't. Yeah. Uh, no, couldn't handle it. Uh, director of uh, the, the department's undergrad programs and director of global programs, global not just local, global yeah, programs in college, worldwide. And 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 in all honesty, I've there have been a lot of you know I've been here five years now. Thanks, Austin, for acknowledging that. Hey, I've met a lot. I've got a watch in my <laughs> office yeah. for you. Five, five. Yep. I, uh, Dean, are you an Andy Griffith Show fan? Hey, 
I grew up with Andy Griffith. Okay. Yeah. Do you know do you know that reference with Barney? Of course, the next episode he's been there for like ten years. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. the one episode he had, and they give him a, the watch, watch and, and they say, "Check the inscription." Yeah, what does it say? So that's a big deal. Whenever you know, you don't get the watch, but yeah. you get somebody going by and holding up five fingers yeah. and a pen. But and I mean this, and all you know, everybody. Well, do you know where do you work, Jeremy? Well, I work uh, for the same again College of Engineering, Auburn Engineering, the communications. Do you know Dane Hendricks? No. Do you know? Do you know? Have you ever met Dane Hendricks? Dane, your name is always on the tip of someone's tongue, and well, it's because you're talking to the police. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, the but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, legend. I mean, can yep. we say like legend? I said, I've been t- I've been telling you to get him on the podcast there's for a there's while. There's been a Dean Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Dean Hendricks. You're one of yeah. these just characters that's like you know, um, it's an immovable or something like a constant presence in a lot of lives. It feels like I could be wrong, but let's figure it out. Thanks for joining us. First, yeah, of all. yeah, and hey, I've been here a while, so we're gets around. You know, how long have you been here? This is year twenty eight. Year twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came in nineteen ninety six. Wow, that's fact. So, yeah. well, I learned something today. I didn't know you were a grad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, if you count the uh, the four years before that, I've been here since ninety two. Wow, wow. So let, let's back it all the way up. Where are you from originally, Dean? So I grew up uh, about an hour and a half north of here in Clay County. Yeah, you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. Lineville. Yep, okay. yep. And uh, went to JSU for an undergrad because of the music program. And then I went to Georgia Tech and ended up at, at Auburn for a PhD. Awesome. Awesome. What was Georgia Tech like? Bad. <laughs> hey, I, I tell a lot of prospective students that come by the department that uh, Georgia Tech was great. I really enjoyed my time there, but a very, very different vibe from, from Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown Atlanta is not downtown Atlanta is beautiful. Plains of Auburn. not Tumor's Corner. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I'll, we need to we need to start using that on marketing material. In Austin's words, a lot less murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just math based, you know, that's uh, statistics. So, but yeah, I had no I had no idea that you got your PhD here. Yeah. Okay. PhD here. Okay. Well, uh, so when you're growing up in Lineville, right? Not Lime. Line, yes, with line. Yes. Yes. You probably saw. You probably covered some football. Covered some line yeah. football games. Uh, yep. What What got a young man into engineering? You know, back in the nineteen twenties. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not just one thing, but uh, I always tell this story when I teach the intro to engineering course. I can remember our science teacher. I was probably middle school. I don't know, fifth, somewhere between fifth and seventh grade. And we had a film strip, if you remember those things. Sure. Of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, Of course. Google it. Google it. Because it just absolutely blew my mind that something built of concrete and steel could flap like a beach blanket. And when I saw that, I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. I really want to know why and how. How could this possibly be? And, uh, you know, that's not the only thing that led me to engineering, but but that's the thing I always go back to is sort of the light bulb of, wow, I want to know why. Cool. Yeah. But you're in computers. Oh, I know. 
I know, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get into the concrete. See, and that's steel something flap. I learned when I got here. That engineering, it's like a bunch of different yeah, stuff. It is an. It's array. not like one dis. I mean, it's yeah. just like a mentality. It's a way of life, you know. I mean, you know. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Well, you know, you're not too wrong because it, what what I really turned on to me is the desire to figure out context and why how to fix things, how things work, and how to make them better. So, you know, that, that led me into mathematics. Um, I honestly back, went into the, backed into CS because I was looking for an elective. I was a math major looking for an elective to fill out my schedule. And my roommate said, you know, I just took this CS1 course. You should try it out. You'd probably like it. So I did. And at that point, after that course, I switched to a double major. So I math and computer science. And uh, one thing led to another. And I just, you know, that was for me because you could easily build something, tear it down. It's, it's um, that was just my field. Well, and that does seem to be consistent across all the all the majors. Um is that problem solving, figuring out the yep. why, you know, you, we do see that across all platforms. Well, talk about your decision to come here uh, for your PhD and then the decision to stay here. Yeah. So at Georgia Tech, I was working with uh, a guy from my master's and um, had a baby on the way. So I decided to earn the master's and, you know, work for a while and come back for the PhD. And by the time I was ready, John had moved to another position in industry. So it was, let's, you know, wide open. Let's find somewhere. And Auburn, um, I actually visited Auburn uh, for a conference, totally unrelated to looking for somewhere for school. And I walked around the campus. Of course, I knew Auburn growing up and the whole bit. But that was the first real contrast I had between downtown Atlanta and spending a few days in Auburn. And then I, uh, I met the department chair of CS at the time, Steve Seidman. And, uh, and he invited me back. One thing led to another. And I thought, well, you know, Auburn is probably best for my situation. I love the place. Excellent faculty. So I joined in 92 as a PhD student. And then when I graduated in 96, uh, I was very fortunate to be given the opportunity would you like to stay on as faculty? And uh, jumped at that chance. Yeah, rocking awesome, awesome. <laughs> you so so ninety two was your first year here, right? As a student, as a student. Now, um, you know, as you're growing up, that middle school time, eighties, that's a you know that's a pretty big decade for the old computing industry. Um, at what point did you know it was going to be here for a while? <laughs> Let's say the internet. What was your first experience with the internet? Um, let's see. Actually, my first experience with the internet was um, sending emails back and forth in 1987 or 8, uh, you know, as an undergrad. And, um, but the real light bulb came on when. I got involved in uh, in some research with with people at other institutions, and what that enabled, you know, the, the things we were able to do electronically and remotely, um, you know, it was just it was a true game changer from everything being in the room in a lab to 
well, I'm working with someone, you know, across the country. And, and just seeing what that could enable going forward. Yeah, that, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. What about you, Austin? You remember anything? Um, well, I do remember in middle school, uh, the state of Alabama started a something in the science curriculum called integrated science. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I remember that. To participate in that, you had to have, because I remember uh, Mr. Eddins was my teacher. And I remember the first time we went to do it, uh, hearing the beep, 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 and just wondering, yeah. what is this? And why does it have to do that every time? I think that was probably the first. But everything he said about stuff being in the room, um, I remember the first time I got a computer that had the encyclopedia disc on mm. it to where you could just pull that up and it had videos and you actually didn't have to go to the physical Britannicas mm. to pull that up. That, yeah. that blew yeah. my mind. <laughs> I just thought we were rich. The stuff you're seeing now, the stuff you're teaching students, you do a lot of, a lot of cloud, uh, ba- I mean, your, your research, um, uh, cloud based kind of stuff, kind of ish. Like, can we pretend we can, we can pretend if you, if that helps, if that helps, <laughs> it really will help me at least out of this. Okay. Whatever moment, Jared sure, just sure. makes really up, you just agree. With uh, but whatever it is, you know, the, the stuff that you're teaching kids today, and I guess just looking back to what, you know, you were learning and just how advanced, I mean, look at these things in our hands right here. The thing you had to silence right before we came. I mean, my gosh, I mean, there's more in one of these things than you had in the entire Georgia tech, uh, you know, as an undergrad, more, more in here than the entire campus probably yeah. yeah you know that that's one of the things that i do on the first day of class is is point out the rate of change in just in this discipline and software engineering is different from a lot of classical engineering disciplines in in several ways but but one is that rate of change it, it uh, and, and i put up two waypoints there well three really now I have a picture from 1947 or so, and it's a picture of the ENIAC, one of the first digital computers, filled a room bigger than this room, right? And I point out, okay, this was, you know, less than 100 years ago. And that machine that filled that room is less powerful than the thing you have in your backpack right now. And we talk about the how it was used. Fast forward to 2011, where Watson beat a human at Jeopardy, right? And if you just look at that time frame and what happened in that time frame, the, that rate of change is tremendous. That's a challenge to our students, and, but it should be exciting to our students because that rate of change isn't slowing down. Uh, 2022, ChatGPT was released to the public and just you know, classical AI, for Watson in 2011 to generative AI and what happens now, another tremendous leap. So yeah, it's exciting. It it is a challenge, but it is extremely exciting. And I think that's one of the things that draws people to our field. Yeah. I mean, again, well, going back to where we started this, you can see it in the numbers of how exciting is it that, and how rapidly it's changing for mechanical to be our largest department for, I mean, decades upon decades. And then all of a sudden it, it's, it's now computer science, software engineering. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that I hope excites our students is that as, as a working professional, when they graduate in four to five years, they will be facing problems and being able to solve problems that may not even exist right now. 
that ought to be exciting to a lot of people. And then I think it is to me. Well, and uh, something else recently that has attributed to this growth, um, the only undergraduate online program that we have here in the college is in your department. So uh, talk about talk about uh, the evolution of that of that uh, curriculum and and how that's grown. Sure, um, that started a number of years back. We were, uh, um, of course, as you both know, we've been doing some type of distance education and engineering yes. for. Before I was right, at Auburn, right, right, right. Uh, so, in in one sense, Auburn Engineering has always been a bit of a pioneer in in delivering not real time back then, but essentially what the on the on campus students were receiving. So, we were approached uh, a number of years ago to consider doing this with a couple of other programs on campus for a, a 100% asynchronous online undergraduate program in CS targeted to a completely different demographic than our on-campus programs. So the, the, our BCS, Bachelor of Computer Science program, it's targeted to people who have maybe some college and then life happened. They went away, did work, raised a family, whatever. And now they're back at a, in a situation where they do want to finish their degree. Or maybe it's a person who earned a full bachelor's or, or more, but they want to change fields. So that's the, the, the audience that we're targeting. Um, it's packaged into half semester courses. So for every tr traditional fall, those online students can take up to four courses, but they do it in two seven and a half week terms back to back. It's asynchronous, so it fits you know working people's lives and so forth. Well, uh, Jeremy listed your many hats that you wear. Um, and one we've got to discuss is uh, director of global programs. You know, our global programs, uh, you know, at the university as a whole, but specifically in engineering, have really blossomed uh, in, in the past few years. So just talk about a little bit some of uh, some of the things that we've got going on, some of the partnerships. I know um, several in Europe, you know, have really been big. Germany's been a great partner with us uh, for years. But just kind of give us an update on where we're at with that program. Yeah. So um, first off, I need to just, you know, give the, the real credit and shout out to Bob Karcher and the yep. people who came before him. Yep, Bob Bob Great. built a tremendous foundation for this. Yep. So anything that, that I do or have done in, in, since then is really, I owe, the, I owe that to what Bob uh, laid down. But yeah, the, the whole goal is to maximize the opportunity for our students to engage internationally. And that could mean a study abroad, uh, that could mean a couple of weeks in the summer. It could, it, it could mean an internship. It could mean different things. But we want to provide students with these kind of sort of life-changing experiences to see a different culture, a different way of looking at things, maybe even a different education system, uh, a chance to work for Mercedes in Germany, which one of our ISE students just got back, you know. Uh, those are that that's one of the big things we're aiming to do is maximize those opportunities. And also we want to elevate Auburn engineering on the world stage. We want uh, engineering to have a much higher profile presence uh, globally. And we've got a lot of different programs going uh, just to mention a couple besides exchange programs. Uh, we have a couple of faculty led programs that are extremely popular. Dr. Michael Zabala. Who, who is that? I've not heard of him. <laughs> 
You need to meet Michael Zabala. <laughs> the what? Jeremy, Jeremy, do you have his number? Can Z- Zabala? Hey, hey, I can connect you with Michael okay, Zabala. Sure, sure. You won't need to connect Jared. Jared yeah, lives yeah. in their basement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Engineering in the arts, taught in Florence, Italy. Fantastic opportunity. Industrial engineering has project-based courses running in Spain and Germany. So if students in engineering are interested in an international experience, we have a lot of options and we can help them find what fits them. But that opportunity to see something other, right? Um, Ways of doing things, ways of working that just are different. That, that can really be uh, an eye-opener. What What is one of the best feedbacks that you've had um, from a student that has come back on, on that experience? You know, I, I think it was just, uh, it was actually a student from Dr. Zabala's uh, program. And <laughs> it was just the, that program is unique in one way because part of the intention is to show the the connection between things. It's not just you're not going to Italy to sit through a a dynamics class, right? You are going to Italy to the birthplace of the Renaissance and you are looking at the interaction between art and engineering and how almost there is an inherent engineering, um, you know, know how almost in the ability to uh, to to create a sculpture. Right. And and, uh, Dr. Zamala uh, explores those interactions. And I had a student tell me literally how life changing that was to her to see not only a different place, a different culture, but the connection between what she was studying to the rest of the world. Personally, I I did a uh, study abroad in graduate school um, and that time period in my life not only changed my life, but changed my career. Uh, it, it opened up doors and allowed me to do things in my career that I had not been able to do before. So just invaluable. Every one of the students I've ever spoken to, we, we have spoken to a lot of them that have gone on the Italy trip, but we've spoken to several others um, just rave and say the same thing. So, and it's, it's awesome how that aligns with where we're going as a college, what our mission is. You know, we're really pushing that we want our students to have co-ops, internships, have that hands-on experience uh, and one of these type of experiences. So, um, and that really does, like you said, it makes that well-rounded student so that we're not only just putting graduates out there who went to classes and got A's, um, but people who have, again, done things, you know, have that tangible experience and are a well-rounded person, not just a a well-rounded engineering graduate. Yeah, exactly. Those high impact practices. Undergraduate research is another. Yes, yes. uh, And and just, uh, again, a uh, Dr. Eden is extremely supportive of all those things, but but he said many times that we don't want an engineering student who would like to have an international experience but can't pull right. together the resources. Right. We want to figure out a way to make that happen, and he, he is he has been a great supporter of this. What about communications specialists? <laughs> hey, you yeah, would yeah. need something like we that. We would need something. It's called like continuing that. education, Austin. Yeah, Look there, it you up. there you um, go. There you go. But speaking of before we leave. Uh, of of well-rounded people why in the world i mean you do all this i mean you could sit there and just write a i mean you're in charge of all this stuff yeah it's got to be a lot of effort i would think 
you know, you Jerry's just, not big on effort. No, so it, no, it baffles could, his mind. Right, yeah. you could just sit back, uh, have, a, have a quote unquote office hours every now and then. Always be sick. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can slide by in this place if you try. And and I just and I just I mean, like I mean, director see, of this. Jerry's going five years strong. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Trust. We can talk if if life's stressing you out a little bit. But I mean, why? You know, we, we ask alumni, you know, why they give back. We ask, you know, professors. We focus a lot on the, you know, the, the programs. But this is, you know, beyond uh, what you're doing just in the classroom. I mean, it's it's as if you care. So, like, what? <laughs> so, what? Explain that a little bit. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, honestly, a good question. Um, first of all, it helps that I enjoy all those things that I do. Um, but I really see every one of those roles from. Uh, the director of the undergraduate programs to helping coordinate things in the department to global programs as being extremely important to our students, extremely important to my colleagues and to Auburn. And, um, and that's really why I do it. It is, these are important things that need doing and I enjoy them and I'm committed to trying my best to do them well. So you're a good person, basically. That, that's the answer. Well, and we we thank you for doing those things for our students, for this college, and for this university. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a reason. Going back to how it started, obviously, there, now we know why I'm always hearing the name Dean yes, Hendricks you because have, he rules. Yes, you have figured it we out. We have figured it out. Uh, Dean, well, time wise, I mean, when you when you get great guests like this, I mean, the time just flies. Yeah, we can keep going. We can keep going. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we we might have to have you back at some point. But I guess we gotta we gotta hang it up for now. But I uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. And uh, anyway, I'll uh, Austin. Anything? You'll you'll be over there just I'll, sliding by. Uh, exactly. Huh? Exactly. If you need me, just, you know, you're going to get an out-of-office reply probably. But at the same time, you know, just somebody will know where yeah, I am. Yeah, somebody. Anyway, thanks a ton, Dean. War Eagle. Hey, War Eagle, War and thanks Eagle. for the opportunity. Yes, sir. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering.